Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this evening, for this opportunity to worship and just gather as a just a, a wonderful family of saints, Lord, uh, a small gathering, but a, but just it's a blessing to be together and just lift up the greatest name and to come around your word. And so I pray tonight, Holy Spirit, for inspiration upon the preaching and the teaching of your word, Lord. I pray that these words that I share would be not just my words, but your words, they would be uh, inspired and they would touch our hearts, Lord. And I pray that you'd help me to communicate and I pray that you would open our ears to hear you and to, to recognize what is true, especially as it pertains to your people Israel. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Well, I'm going to step back a little bit literally and mostly figuratively um, over the course of the last three weeks, we've talked a lot about Israel and the Jewish people. Hey, sweetie, make sure you go help mama, okay? Are you going to listen up here? <laughs> All right. She said no to both. Okay, just make sure we're good. Okay. Um, so we've been talking about Israel as part of the Isaiah 62 fast. And I think some of you know about that. Others participated. Some just kind of were checking into it. But I took that about as seriously as I could in this season of my life. I couldn't shut down everything. But Mandy and I made a commitment to join in with that three weeks. And I was surprised at what God did in my heart. Um, he really tenderized me toward the Jewish people and in a way that I did not expect and, and so I've been teaching the last three Friday nights on this, and I, I really want to encourage you if, you, if you're not aware of the website that we have, we have a teaching page, and I have about seven or eight pages of notes that are under the last few messages. I would encourage you to check those out. I, I, I have uh, put a little bit of time into that, but, but three weeks ago, we looked at basically how to love the Jewish people uh, more. That's kind of the starting point. And then we got into the last two weeks. What's the plan for Israel kind of going forward? And, and what does that plan mean? So that was literally like the last three weeks of teaching. And in doing this, and I'm going to do this more, Lord willing, I realize I talked to a number of people who just completely check out when they hear the word Israel because that just seems so like such a niche, odd place of doctrine. Like I want to focus on revival or I want to focus on becoming wealthier. I mean, what does Israel have to do with? And it's almost foreign to 
American evangelicalism or, you know, the churches we would normally associate with just don't do the, quote, Israel thing. And the Holy Spirit is just bringing it to the forefront in a much more pronounced way. And about five million people said, I participated in that Isaiah 62 fast. And on the last day when it was Pentecost Sunday, they estimated about 150 million were participating in that day of prayer for the uh, nation of Israel. And so that's just, those are staggering numbers. And so when you take a step back and you look at that and you go, wow, 5 million people prayed for Israel for 21 days and then 150 million prayed for Israel on Pentecost Sunday, that's a staggering thought. I mean, that's just, you kind of have to go, what is happening? But basically millions of people are, are getting into the narrative for the first time probably in their life. And, and that is very important because the Jewish people are central to God's plan leading up to the return of Christ. And, and so I kind of tonight want to really just make this almost personal because we, we tend to think of Israel as, as this people out there, and I'm not even really sure if I'm into that, but this is something that you want to begin to wrestle with on an individual level and begin to ask things like, Lord, how do I care for the people of Israel? How do I care for the Jewish people? How do I do the Israel thing for my life? Because I think we're going to answer to God specifically on this subject, number one. But number two is I'm going to go through, there's many verses in the Bible where God just clearly says, how you treat Israel is how I'm going to treat you. And he says that about no other people group, no other ethnicity. He just plainly says it time and again in Scripture. And it's like, okay, if God's saying that, I'm sure he has many reasons, but I'm just going to align with that. I'm not going to ask too many questions because our role is not to question, well, God, why did you pick the Jewish people? Why, why are they special? Why are they your favorite? Why are you in covenant with them? We can question God our whole life, or we can say, you're God, I'm not. You're the potter, I'm the clay. I don't ask you, I don't question you. I mean, we can ask God questions and we can vent and all that. But at the end of the day, if you make the universe, you know what you're talking about. And so we just, the better, the, the quicker we align with him, the better. I mean, if you can make stars and planets and you can keep a sun floating in the sky, I think there's a reason why you chose the Jewish people. And, and I want to just get in alignment with that. And so that's not really my starting point, but... I want to basically just make this, I want the takeaway to be, you know, why would I be into Israel? Why would I do the Israel thing? And I've been sharing this for a couple of weeks. I talked to a, a good friend, you know, this was a couple of weeks ago on the phone. And I just started sharing my heart like, yeah, this is really where God's taken me. And, and it was just the very classic, I could tell as soon as I said Israel, it was a complete tune out. Like, that's such a weird... And I get it, I've been there. I've wrestled with so many doctrinal things for 20 years, but the Israel piece was always just like, ah, I don't. But these last three weeks, I connected more dots than I have in a very long time, and I just go, oh, 
it's a big deal. Finally, I get it. Like, I'm Dole. You're God. I'm Dole. I fi finally, you just hit me with lightning or something, and I get it. So now it's my job to help move a few more people into the narrative. Okay? We as non-Jews, okay, we are Gentiles. Unless you are of Jewish ethnicity, you are considered biblically a Gentile. You are not a Jew. The plan of God from the beginning, from Genesis, started with the Jewish people. And we've been included in that. We've been included in that as non-Jews. And, and we have a role to play in provoking them. We have a role. We're, we're going to tell them, we serve your God. It's not a different God. The God of Israel all the way back in Genesis appeared on the planet 2,000 years ago. And we want to provoke the Jewish people to understand that. And so we have a role to play. But we're, we're recognizing we're, we're grafted into this plan. We're like the new friend on the block. God has a history with the Jewish people that dates back thousands of years. And he is committed to that friendship. And he will not give up on it. And we kind of just showed up in the middle of the story-ish, or the, the latter part of the story, I guess I would say. And now we're, we're kind of going, hey, Israel, that, like, you have this friendship. You've got to get back there. To the, God wants friendship with you. And we're going to have a role in that. But it's, it's important to understand it, we did not replace the Jewish people. We did not supersede the Jewish people as the church, I'm saying. Our, our role is to, to be such a vibrant witness that they start to recognize the God they're talking about sounds like the God of our fathers. It sounds like what Moses said. It sounds like what Elijah and Elisha and the prophets and the psalmist. What is up with that? That's our role, to, to call them into covenant with God. If that even makes sense. Okay, at some point I'm going to get to my notes here. And so understand that what has kind of happened as sort of a seemingly random fast focused on Israel is really God's way of getting more people caught up in this narrative that involves the Jewish people. And I want to encourage you to, to do the Israel thing. If it's weird to you, I get that. It was weird to me for many years. If it confuses you, it confuses me. It confuses a lot of people. But I want to encourage you, do the Israel thing. Do it. Figure it out. Go over the book of Romans until you're like, I get it a little more. Go through the prophets until you're like, oh, okay, I get a little bit. Uh, meditate uh, Jeremiah 31 where he talks about a new covenant. And start to go, okay, we're in that new covenant. What, how does that make sense? Teach me how that those dots connect. And it slowly will become more clear. The church did not become Israel. The church did not become the Jewish people. God is in commitment and covenant with these people and we're to call them. We talked about the last few weeks. Paul said one day all Israel will be saved. All Israel will know Jesus, their Messiah. There will come a day where there's going to be a country saved and when that happens, there's going to be some serious fireworks going off. Now we talk about, you know, we want Peoria saved or central Illinois and how cool that would be. There's a day coming where a whole nation knows Jesus. And it's going to be Israel. That whole nation is going to know Christ. And they are literally going to call Him back to the planet. And Gentiles are involved in that. 
And, and the, the numbers, there's going to be, comparatively, there's going to be very few Jewish believers compared to Gentile believers. But when, when that happens, that's going to be a huge sign and a wonder. I don't want to repeat last week's message. But it's important for us to know that Jesus said, I will not return until the Jewish people say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. When we talk about the second coming, we have to understand one of the precursors or one of the things that will, that will come before that is there's going to be a people in Israel, a Jewish people saying, we want you, you're our Messiah, come Lord. And we'll all be saying it, but they will be included in that. That's an important piece. I wrote here under the introduction, letter C, the Israel thing, quote unquote, because that's what everybody calls it. Oh, you do the Israel thing? Well, I do the Israel thing now. I mean, I have, but now I'm understanding it more because Jesus does it and God does it and it, the Bible does it and the prophets did it and the apostles did it. I think we should do it. But this is a permanent thing. It's not a niche doctrine. It's not, you know, for theologians, it's not for academics, it's for every believer, it's for all of us, it's for every church. And just because the church you attend or I attend or the people over there attend, just because they don't talk about Israel doesn't mean it's not important. It's very important. And we, we cannot understand the gospel in its fullness if we completely leave out the Jewish people. We, it absolutely is not about America. <laughs> it's not about Europe, it's not about the 21st century. The, the gospel involves both Jew and Gentile. Paul went so far as to say in Romans 1.16, the gospel is for the Jew first and then the Gentile. He said there's a priority here because if all Israel gets saved, it means blessing and resurrection in the earth. What Paul said was if Israel falling away from God, not accepting Jesus the Messiah, meant that the Gentiles were included, how much more when the, when the Jewish people enter in? How much more blessing will there be in the world? How much more resurrection from the dead will there be when they step up? That's important. If you really want to just look straight into the Bible at what I'm talking about, just camp out in Romans 9 through 12 and just over and over, Lord, teach me this, because that really is where it gets pretty heavy duty. Sorry, I'm getting back to the actual message here. I will not go too long tonight. In Genesis 12.3, God spoke to Abram. We know the story, most of us. Uh, he's leading Abram to leave his family and go in search of a promised land uh, to, look, to, to venture out to Canaan. And as part of this calling... God says to Abram, who would one day become Abraham, He says, I will bless those who bless you, Abram, and I will curse those who curse you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God makes this commitment. God says to Abram, I'm going to make you blessed. I'm going to give you territory. I'm going to give you a place to live, and your descendants will be blessed. And anyone who blesses you, I'll bless them. Let me say it uh, in, in, in our nomenclature. It's a really good idea to bless the Jewish people on an individual level. We should do it on a national level. We should do it on a citywide level, church level. But it's a good idea to just resolve in your heart, I am pro-Zion, I am pro-Israel, I am pro-Jewish, because ultimately behind them is God. 
And he really is good at winning battles. And if we resist the Jewish people, even on an emotional level, even on an ideological level, God will put his little finger on our forehead and go, you're not moving much further until you move on this point. And he has, it's kind of like the older brother and the little brother, he's just holding the forehead and the little brother's like kicking and he can't move. God says, if you align with my heart on the Jewish people, I will literally bless your life. But if you don't, it's not good. I will resist you. That, because that, that fundamentally is pride. God says, I've chosen that people, and no matter where they're at with me right now, even if they're completely not serving me, I have committed to them to love them, and I, and I will bless you if you bless them. So the question becomes, how do we bless them? Well, we love the Jewish people we know, that we may have a relationship at work, in our communities. Um, we pray for them. Prayer is one of the most practical aspects of loving people. Um, and we stand up for the Jewish people. When um, anti-Semitic language gets thrown out in a conversation, we just say, hey, I, I just want you to know, I don't appreciate that. Um, I love the Jewish people. I have Jewish family members. I have Jewish friends. I know the lo local Jewish people. I just don't appreciate So we stand up in little ways. That makes us capable to stand up in big ways. Because everybody thinks they're going to stand up to the next Hitler until Hitler's really there again. And then it's like, ugh, I, don't, I never really practiced this. There's coming someone far more evil than Hitler. And we need to start now resisting that spirit. Because right now it's kind of popular to be against anti-Semitism. But there's coming a day where it, it will actually turn again. And it will be unpopular to stand with the Jewish people. And that day is coming. Scripture is very clear. There will come a day where Israel will be surrounded on all sides by enemies. The global sentiment will shift. And who's going to stand with them? It's not going to be a nation state. It's going to be the church on the earth. Billions of people going, we stand with Israel even though the world hates them. We believe in the Jewish people. We believe that God wants to save them. And we believe our God is a Jew. Our, our Savior is a Jewish king. Jesus is a Jewish king. So we love the Jewish people. And so have the courage now to resist that spirit and it will be easier in the days ahead. Because some people just, they, yeah, you can literally just have a prayer time and say, I bless Israel. That works. But there's a little more to it. We pray for them. We get a heart for them. Um, we do kind deeds to them and we resist any animus toward them because it's kind of cool. Like to, you know, people are out there in this conspiracy world. They're saying, I don't even know if the Holocaust happened and we don't go track down every conspiracy on the internet. That's foolish. But when it presents itself and it's, you know, rearing its ugly head right in your face, you just, you know, in kindness and in love, you just say, Hey guys, that's totally a lie. We, we totally reject any notion that the Holocaust was not real or that, you know, any, anything like that that would diminish the Jewish experience. I recommended to people the last few weeks, go hear Holocaust survivors. They're getting older every year. They won't be alive for too much longer. There won't be any of them. And so hear them in person if you can. I've listened to a number of them. They, they, uh, the Jewish society in Peoria, they bring one in almost every year, I would recommend go hear them. Because that is just a real important part of world history. And it helps you just to get a, a tenderness toward what they have endured. I mean, when you can meet a person and shake their hand, you see the number on their arm. 
And you're just like, holy crap. I mean, I read about it in the books and I studied it in history, but oh, I'm here. I'm face to face with someone that was there telling me the stories. And so we just, we want to be um, educated in that respect. But God says, I'll bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. We want to align with that as much as we can. I think that has big and little ramifications. I have that on the notes. I'm not going to go too much more into that. That's just a well-known verse I wanted to touch on. Psalm 122.6. We all know the first half. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We know that verse is there, and so we always pray. When someone says, pray for Israel, Lord, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I don't know what to pray after that, so I'm just going to keep praying for the peace of Jerusalem. That was my prayer life for years. It's like, okay, I know I'm supposed to pray for Israel, and there it is. There's my one verse I know. But then after that, it says, may they prosper who love you. That took it up a bit. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. God says, I love I love Israel. I love the Jewish people. I'm in covenant with them. Yes, they don't know me in Christ yet, but I am still committed to them. And it's as if God is saying, if you will align your heart like my, like my heart, I'll prosper you. I will bless you because my heart is oriented toward them. It's very important. It is possible to love the Jewish people, to um, have an affinity toward them that goes beyond just like, I know I should. But there can be that tenderness. And, and I experienced that in the last three weeks of just sitting in a, on my couch, turning on the prayer room, and just praying in agreement with all the people praying for them. I was just really touched. Um. Right, I don't, again, there's been different people every week. Right now, there's 15 million Jews on planet Earth. It's 0.02% of the global population. It's a very small amount of people. And of those 15 million, approximately three to 400,000 know Jesus. And so, most don't know Jesus. But... Um, it's just important to know, okay, what, what group of people are we talking about? It's about 15 million people. Most don't know Jesus. Most are radically uh, liberal ideologically. And half of them live in Israel and half of them live in the United States, about. In fact, more they estimate more Jews live in America than even in Israel, which is there's a link between our countries, and I hope, for the sake of America, we stand with Israel to the end. I really That's my prayer. As soon as we begin to get off that train, I think we will have much less, less of God's blessing. Because we have stood with Israel, and it, and it should be our prayer that God would raise up an administration to support the state of Israel. Once we step out of that, it's good night. Because I think much of our blessing has literally been connected to our stance on the Jewish people. And not that we, we have a perfect record, it's just that if they feel comfortable enough living here, it just says a lot about our country. And I think that's something we can take a healthy pride in, that many Jews do live here because they feel an affinity. They feel like this is a place I could call home. The Bible's clear, almost 100% of them will return to the Holy Land one day before the Lord returns. So I don't know what's going to cause all that. I mean, I have ideas. But I think it could be a positive thing. I think they could see such 
a radical witness of Christ in America that they say, that's our Messiah. We want to do what's prophesied and go back to the land and call Jesus back. Who, who really knows all the dynamics? But I would, I would contend that is a path forward for America. That's a path forward for our nation that we have such a bright witness in, in the United States that even the Jewish people in Brooklyn and Atlanta and Chicago and all over the U.S. go, oh my goodness, that's our God. Wow. And they, they jump in. Who knows? That's just me dreaming. Now, there is a, a sizable Jewish community in Peoria. I've said I've connected with the rabbi of the largest congregation. We're going to meet here in, uh, sooner than later. And uh, I'm just trying to create inroads of friendship because who knows, once friendships start, how we could impact each other. I have a lot to learn uh, for sure from that community. Um. Thank you for your patience with me tonight. I'm all over the place. Some people want to love Israel because they like the word prosperity. I want to prosper. That mostly means like spiritually. It could mean financially. It could be it, a few people might get rich and famous because of it. But 99.99% of people, God is saying, I want to prosper you spiritually. I want you to have a heart like mine. I want you to love people like I love people. That's really what he means. But... I think it could mean he'll pay your bills too. I, I mean, I'm, I'm all, I want all the prosperity I can get. I don't think we limit it there, but some people only think of money, and so I'm just saying it's bigger than that. But ultimately, the real gold and the silver and the jewels of, of the kingdom is like having a heart like God. That's the big one. Knowing God, that's huge. And then, you know, I think he'll bless us in our checkbook too. Um, look at this, Zechariah 1.14 First chapter of Zechariah, Zechariah is having a visionary encounter with the Lord. And in this visionary encounter, there's angels and all kinds of things happening. And God says to Zechariah, I mean, this is, this is weighty. He says, I am zealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with great zeal. Like, what? Okay, thanks God for that one. You know, what? God makes it very clear. I am zealous for Jerusalem and for Zion. With I love how he doubles down here. He doesn't just say, I'm zealous. He says, but I want you to know it is a great zeal that I have for Jerusalem. This is what God's saying. And this is important. This reveals his heart. God is saying, I have a passion for that city and that people. It speaks of the Jewish people. That is unlike any other people and un unlike any other city. There is no other Bible verse where God says, I am so passionate about London, England, or New York City, or East Peoria, Illinois. There's no other city where God says, I have incredible zeal for that community. The one He says is Jerusalem. And so we want to get in alignment with that and go, okay, if God says that about that place, we need to be touched by what touches Him. I kind of reworded it, that second bullet there. Um, it's, this, it's this idea of He has this extreme passion for. He has feelings for. He is fully committed to. And this this is... 
you know, this is like we think of passion. We think like I'm excited. It's more than that. It's he's very committed is the idea. Very committed to bringing the Jewish people and the land to a place uh, of alignment with his purposes. And he will use anything to get them. I mean, he'll, he's going to pull out all the bells and whistles prior to his second coming. I put there just as a kind of a tidbit, uh, second bullet under Zechariah. Because sometimes we, we struggle with what are all these words meaning. Zion is often used synonymously with Jerusalem. And so when God talks about like the daughter of Zion or the Jerusalem, there's all these almost synonymous references. They mean almost the same thing. But if you get very technical, Zion is a mountain or a big hill, really, where uh, there's going to be worship forever. And so it's a place within Jerusalem that's also synonymous with Jerusalem where actually God himself will live one day. When Jesus says, you know, I'm coming back to Jerusalem, I mean, this is, uh, this is completely literal. He's literally going to live there. He's not going to live in Canada or Mexico or, you know, I mean, he loves all the countries of the earth, but this is, this is home forever. He's going to dwell in Jerusalem. There's a million Bible, not a million, but you know, there's many Bible verses that make this very clear because a lot, of, a lot of us, we don't think as far as like, okay, second coming, he's going to come, but where is he going to live? He tells us where he's going to live. And so there's this zeal he has for his future home. And from his home, he's going to administrate his kingdom that will have worldwide impact and that will happen forever. We will physically be able to visit him in a place called Zion, right inside Jerusalem, Israel, forever. I mean, he's, he's literally going to be there physically. And I mean, I just, when I think about that, my brain kind of melts a little bit. Uh, there's, I got a couple verses there, Isaiah 2, 3, Jeremiah 31, 6, Micah 4, 2, all talk about this time where we're, people are going to go up to the mount of the Lord to see God. And, you know, so just, just so you know, I mean, we're going to be able to go see God where He is living. And I don't know if, like, He takes meetings or how it works, because a lot of people are going to want to see Him. I'm sure He's going to have, you know, He's going to have eternities. So I don't know how it's going to work, but He will be there, and we will see Him, and we'll interact with Him. I will bless those who bless you. Make this personal. May they prosper who love you. I want to encourage us. Bless the Jewish people. Love the Jewish people. Get God's heart of zeal for Jerusalem. There's, there's so much benefit to you personally, to your family, to your church, to your ministry, to your life if you just get in alignment on this one piece. And so much down the line makes sense if you get into, quote-unquote, the Israel thing, don't stand on the outside and be apathetic your whole life. Like, ah, I don't really get it. I think the church replaced Israel. Okay, whatever. You're going to miss out on blessing. You're going to miss out on prosperity. You're going to miss out on clarity. And when there's mounting pressure on the Jewish people, when there's, when there's greater need for clarity on 
the gospel narrative, you won't have it because you just haven't done the Israel. And so I want to encourage you to put your toe in the waters, so to speak, and start to just, okay, I don't fully get it. This is new. A little weird. I thought it was, I just kind of want Jesus to move in my church and my country. And But God's like, I have a bigger plan, much bigger. And kind of get into that narrative. Uh, my last point here. Why being into Israel matters for your life and ministry. Essentially, we're all on a trajectory, okay? And we have an opportunity right now to recognize, okay, I'm either on a trajectory where I completely am apathetic toward the Israel thing, or I'm kind of getting on board. I'm not really sure about it, but I'm, okay, sure. I encourage you, start to move the trajectory of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the 50-year approach, which is what I'm doing, but I'm going to look at these verses in a new way and go, I, I, I'm in. If it's in the Bible and you care about it, God, if you have great zeal about it, okay, I'm going to set my heart that direction because this direction just goes nowhere. There's not clarity. If, if, if you just remain in that place of apathy and like, well... So when you're going through the Bible, so much of what you're reading is Jewish history. It's prophets speaking of I mean, literally from Genesis to Malachi, it's Jewish history. It's, 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 it's the story of people in covenant with God. Once we get to the New Covenant or the New Testament, we see how we fit into the whole story. But this is, the, you know, when you approach the Old Testament as like completely symbolic, you miss what it's really, it's God leading a people faithfully, even though they keep falling away and backsliding. He keeps bringing them back, bringing them back, bringing them back. And it's such a beautiful story. We just we have to see it, and 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 that story continues on forever. But by the end of this age, by the before the Lord returns, He's going to have Israel completely uh, in His family, as well as a ton of of non-Jews as well. And if I've thoroughly confused you, we will take just a minute or two for questions, but we'll we'll end right there. And we'll just we'll open it up very briefly for maybe maybe a question or two. Amen, amen. Sermon officially over. <laughs> Any thoughts? Yes, sir, yes. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the first meeting will actually be a pastor's meeting. So it will be senior pastors and ministry leaders. We're going to have a meeting. This is in a couple months because Rabbi Brenna is actually going to be going back and forth from Israel a whole bunch. And when she's free, it's going to be early August. I think we're going to have that initial meeting with, with senior leaders in our community. And then... After that, we're going to see what doors open. Maybe we can kind of have community stuff. But I would say later in the year, hopefully we can get a little more connection going. And actually, the person coming with Brenna is the leader of the Jewish Federation who puts on these big community events. And so I'm going to probably have some in the know on what they're doing. And so to be determined is what I'm saying. I'll, I'll keep because we're about to get some more friends. So I love friends. Yes, sir. You know, I asked. She's like, Derek, we've never met. I'm like, uh, but yeah, so you could always ask her. You never know. I mean, 
Yeah, big suitcase, a little straw out. But I told her I've never been there and I really want to go. And she's like, oh, I'm going twice this month. You know, it's like she goes. Um, but, yeah, I hopefully it would turn into something one day where we, we know so many that we could just hop on a, a trip or something. But, yeah, I, I've heard those who visit the Holy Land, they come back just with such a, a greater appreciation for their faith. And so... I, I want to get out there one day and just see the places that are in the pictures. So, anything else? Anything I could clear up? or Hopefully I didn't confuse you guys. Thank you for listening. Okay. Well, Lord, just thank you once again for tonight. And God, just continue to convince us of the the, the truth and the necessity of standing with your people, praying for your people. Lord, we know that your people is, is both Jew and Gentile. And yet there's this history. And we recognize that. We honor that, Lord. And we just want to be in alignment with your heart. We want to be partnering with your heart, God. And so give us a, a tenderness like you have. Lord, give us a zeal like you have for Jerusalem, for Israel, and for the Jewish people. And those we may interact with even this week or, or, or this year um, who, are, who are of the Jewish ethnicity. Lord, help us to love them as you love them. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.